everybody. Welcome back to What They Chose. This is your host, Belen. Today, I have a very special guest. Um, he has the quirkiest comebacks. <laughs> um, can switch from funny to motivational in just a few seconds. Um, a college advisor, property flipper, artist, and podcaster by day, and cat ninja master by night. Um, he goes by many names, but you can co- simply call him Lee. <laughs> um, a man of faith and spilling with positivity. Um, he's here to discuss discuss what has helped them guide his spirit um, from upstate New York to the mega busy city of Los Angeles. Uh, please welcome my guest today, Lee. Woo! <laughs> Super excited to be here. Thank you, Belaine. <laughs> you're Very welcome. Excited. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, <laughs> So excited because I actually picked a dicho for you today. So we're gonna do a dicho of the day. Okay. All right, I'm ready. Okay. This dicho I picked specifically because I knew that would resonate you in like three different levels. Okay. okay. So I'm saying in Spanish first, and then I'm gonna like do a weird possible translation in English because not a lot of things translate pr- properly. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So this is ready. I'm ready. Okay. It's called uno pone, Dios dispone. Viene el diablo y lo descompone. Sweet. One, two, something about the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I guess. So, uno uno also means um, myself. Mm, Yes. Mm -hmm. So, the rough translation is, we build it, God decides, comes the devil, and flips it upside. Mmm. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Right? It's a good one, right? It's a good, this is a, I was like, this one is for Lee. This one, give to this one. So we build it. Mm-hmm. God comes. Mm-hmm. And then the devil tries to flip it. God decides. Oh, God decides. Yeah. And then the devil attacks and tries to flip it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like thinking like all the different areas of where to start with that. Right? Yeah. yeah Isn't totally. it a great one for you? Yeah, totally. Because, um... I mean, as you know, like, there's a lot of different areas that my my wife and I have uh, tackled. And mm-hmm. uh, whether it's real estate, art projects, uh, even work, you know, that with college admissions and mm-hmm. what we did at uh, the other school, mm-hmm. um, there was so much um, building, you know, that, that went into that. And then uh, listening to God, hearing God, trying to, like, create different types of... Um, projects that were in line with like his thinking and then ultimately yeah 100 percent like leave it up to him because his uh ways are greater than our ways and it's uh it's amazing to see how things that like work out really well yeah uh are totally in line with him and then things that don't work out well are totally in line with him because he didn't want you to have those types of things right uh and then yeah the devil's always there trying to like mess things up Flip or up. Yeah. screw things around yeah. and yeah, even uh, like a recent thing is we were in a uh, like a, kind of like a prayer group, and uh, somebody brought up the fact of like how me and Kat are like this power couple, and then we had like the worst fight after. <laughs> as a distraction, and then like partway through, we're just like, whoa, 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 whoa hold yeah. up, what are we doing? Why yeah. are we doing this? You know, yeah. and it was like arguing over like who spilled the sugar or something on the table and it was just like nonsense stuff yeah. but it was dr- directly after we were, like had a good word and like talked and like, we were like oh yeah this is the direction we don't need to start heading into now right. so yeah that's perfect <laughs> I like that a lot it's a great teacher it's a great teacher for you right I was yeah. like, he's gonna have the perfect explanation for this one so I'm like I'm gonna throw it at him yeah. okay so I searched on the mighty Google machine 
Okay. And so I'm saying what the significance is in Spanish for those that anybody said it in Spanish. So the significado señala que por planeado que se encuentre una situación al final siempre suele ocurrir algo que cambia el escenario o las reglas. So what it means is however much you plan and for a situation there will always be something that's going to change the whole set of rules for what you had originally planned for. <laughs> you're smiling because I feel like you just like had like a flashback moment of everything going on in your life. And you're just like, yes, yeah. this is like blah, 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 blah. Um, so the origin is uh, very popular in Mexico and has actually been created since the... 19th century. So I had to count in Roman. Roman numerals was like uh, X, Y, and get <laughs> my mom has the her, their, her version is si Dios quiere. If God wants it, if God mm. wills it, mm. every single thing. Like we we plan. Um, yesterday I called her. Hey, I'm gonna go over to your house, and then she's gonna give me beans. And she's like, Okay, si Dios quiere. And it's just like, No, no, I want to. I, I want to go. And it's like, No, but if God wants it, and I'm like, No, but I want it. Mm. I want to go. But you don't know if Savannah needs something right in that moment, and then you get distracted. Right. And that's but really you don't know where you if, need to put your heart. Yeah, and by the time that I get out the house, I get a flat tire, God forbid I get a flat tire or anything, but it's always like, si Dios quiere, God wants it. And it's like, no, but I want it. <laughs> but sometimes what you want isn't what's right. Exactly, yeah. So, how do you think that this dicho applies to you? Well, it took me through, yeah, the visuals of, like, four different parts of my life kind of came through with that because um, growing up, I always loved art and creativity, and then I got into, like, the martial arts. I always had a passion for that. So I had a vision for my life of, like, having a karate studio and running that and mm -hmm. making everything uh, perfect, good, and wonderful with it. Now, in actuality, if you don't have the business sense and you don't um, market well, uh, if you don't go in it alone and then add people on as opposed to like bringing in with like a big solid force of people mm -hmm. you can get in trouble fast uh right. so like my will my want uh and this is way before i even knew anything about god i was pretty much like grew, growing up like could care less about god that whole religious whatever yeah um it wasn't until actually i ended up in california where i was just broken and done mm -hmm. where i found god <laughs> so i think all of us have to like get to that place i think to really yeah. fall in but um i uh built this uh, studio and it actually became one of we were in the Rochester area from Rochester New York uh, we were I think the, the number one maybe number two studio for sure square footage wise like one of the the biggest mm -hmm. and uh, we ended up having about 240 students at the the high end so we were doing okay but it was me my two partners and then we had a staff of about eight instructors, which just kind of ate away at any kind of like profit that was supposed to be there. So that happened. I had a genius idea of getting married to this uh, Italian woman. <laughs> and uh, my mom and my dad separated. And my brother went off to the military. So then the devil comes and just kind of like every, all the purpose and thoughts that I had uh, were completely challenged. So I mm -hmm. left the studio, wasn't, cause I wasn't making a lot of money still to this day like you know I, I stay in touch with a lot of the students and uh, love them to death mm -hmm. but uh, know that I, you know I had to move and this was the thing the uh, crutch or the whatever that was I, I needed out of my life mm -hmm. and um, God willed me to start traveling and uh, I went to a tournament in uh, 
California, and Tournament then for what? Uh, karate. Okay. So I was, yeah, I was competing. I, went, I was able to go to the U.S. Open a couple of different times uh, to compete. Uh, I did really well in like local tournaments, and I got to the national tournament. I was like, woohoo! Whoa, this is different. Uh, I still, I got a few like third and fourth place trophies, but like on the, is the it U.S. Open like level, karate kid? Uh, a little bit, some of it, yeah. <laughs> Every every possible reference of life I have against movies. I don't even watch that many movies to begin with, so I'm going to be like, is this like this movie? Completely, completely. And uh, I can do movie references all day, so that's yeah. great. Uh, but uh, once... Um once the, you know, devil kind of had its way or whatever and all this stuff kind of broke apart because I ended up, uh, uh, me and uh, my ex at the time, we just were on different paths. I was like kind of set at that point to move out to California. She wanted to go back home to Italy. Uh, as I said, my parents had separated. My brother was in the military. I just had nothing holding me in uh, New York. So then moved out to California. Mm-hmm. I had like $700 when I left New York. And uh, thankfully... Chris Chansey, you're amazing. I love you. Uh, My uh, cousin, like, took me in for, like, three weeks while I tried to get on my feet and helped me. She paid, like, my first month's rent to Mm -hmm. get out of her place and get into. I don't know if that was on purpose or she just being nice. Um, Maybe both. Maybe both. (laughs) I had enough of you. Be gone. Um, But, uh, you know, I finally got on my feet, started working, and then, you know, we can talk a little bit more later. But, yeah, it's just, it's... That's initially the first phase of yeah. how, you know, you try to build something and then, like, it's ta- it feels like it's taken away. Yeah. But it's really, like, you in that process, you learned about leadership. You learned about community. You learned about family. You learned about how to treat people. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn about loss. Mm-hmm. And it gives you another opportunity to relate with people. So a, a thing that I say a lot is, like, you know, win or learn. Mm-hmm. Like, never settle for, like, losing. Mm-hmm. That's just a crap uh, thought process, I think, for yeah. myself. Um, so it's like win or learn. Like, except like that was an error. How do I learn from it, and how do I grow from it? How how can I use that experience to like relate to other people, or yeah. to like build on whatever I did in the past? Right. Because I mean, if you're not challenging and then failing, you're not really taking any chance. Right. At some point, you're always just gonna get stuck in the one spot without change, and willing to do change without actually attempting to. F- to do it and then accepting that you're going to fail at some point is just you're just going to get stuck at some point and not move right anywhere yeah exactly and that's getting getting too comfortable is mm-hmm. a dangerous thing uh, there's actually uh, talk about movie quotes uh, Dark Knight uh, Rises yeah uh, with Bane and uh, one of his lines where he's like uh, victory has defeated you <laughs> whatever that is it's uh like that rings in my head sometimes where like I get too complacent yeah uh cause like we're okay you know my wife and I like we're doing okay with finances and life and things like that we have a lot of challenges um in, in other areas but like um we're doing okay there but it also makes me like soft like working out wise it's like these corn pounds <laughs> the corn 19 or whatever I'm like I need to get my rear end up and moving again oh my gosh yeah, but yeah. All right, yeah. Just. How, did, how was it uh, growing up in Rochester with where I grew up okay uh, my dad was a truck driver and my mom was pretty much stay at home she would uh, occasionally pick up little odd jobs or like do babysitting and she started a couple like little daycare things uh, here and there but pretty much it was my dad and then my mom would just take care of us uh, so single parent income and then I my dad was both my dad 
both my dad and my mom were the like the babies of the family and mm-hmm. kind of got spoiled. Um, so they love to spend money. They love to use money as a tool to kind of like bring everybody together and like to make me and my brother happy. However, uh, because of that, I moved, I think, 13 times before fifth grade because yeah. either like foreclosure on a house, we couldn't make the rent. We had yeah. to, you know, get out of this place, move over here, move over there. Um, so, yeah, until I moved out to this place called Kendall, which is the middle of cornfields and cabbage, not the New York City or like not at all like New York City. Like yeah. people think when... Oh, New York. So who cares about the other, you know, 200,000 yeah, <laughs> 200, square miles of, you know, footage or land. Um, but yeah, I grew up in uh, Kendall and it was pretty much like cornfields and cabbage all around me. Uh, I really, that was a time for me to really dive into just nature and like going out on hikes, camping, fishing, uh, the training too. Like I didn't have anything else to do. So I was, uh, through high school, probably an average about four to five hours a day training, like either hitting the bag, breaking bricks, doing like my karate forms, running, weightlifting, all that kind of stuff. Cause I honestly didn't have much else to do. Yeah. Uh, that and video games, video and drawing. Games. Yeah. yeah. So drawing video games, working out. That was like my life. <laughs> but before yeah. the internet. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was there when the whole like started. I still had that too. Yeah. 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 Uh, typewriter. I actually used a typewriter for some of my high school projects or like a word processor and all that. So yeah. yeah I, I, I learned really how to type old. on a typewriter. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. In middle school. It was, it was, I was still <laughs> part of that group that learned how to type. Did on you a typewriter. have the, uh, the, was it five and a half inch floppy disk with uh, Oregon trail? <laughs> no, by the time that I had Oregon Trail, uh, it was on a CD ROM, and it was through Gateway. Remember that computer company Gateway yes. with yeah. the cow? Mm-hmm. That was my first computer with like the huge transformer situation in the back. Yep. It was like this monstrosity. Yeah, yeah. but I did have floppy disks uh, still in high school. Yeah, and I graduated 2005, so cool. there was, I, we still used floppy disks to save like random files here and there. And then it was like, oh, you can use this little random stick, and it was like 40 bucks, and it can only <laughs> hold like half a document. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the transition. Uh, uh, and then um, I mean, just uh, you know, so people understand, like it's a rural area that I grew up, and um, predominantly like you know the white you know, Caucasian, whatever, farmers and everything Mm -hmm. else out that way. But, I mean, we had um, families that would come up and work uh, in the area. So they were, like, migrant families and stuff. So in my high school, we only had, like, 72 students. But we had maybe, like, 20% were, like, different ethnicities and uh, different lots of different types of um, economic structures, too. Like, people who were pretty much borderline destitute and then... Mm -hmm. um, one of the largest, actually, they're far, the Clute Brothers, uh, Clute Farms. Uh, I think they supply all of Florida with their cabbage. Like, it's like, there's this huge farm. So it's like, he has, like, multiple trucks, you know, in high school. And then there's other people who are, like, barely, like, able to get a bicycle to, like, ride to school. Uh, so it's, it's such, I guess that was kind of a, such a diverse group that we had graduating-wise. Yeah. Um, it really... I guess make me appreciate the the beautiful parts of like people like in general and getting to see people like where they're at and understanding like just because somebody maybe has a lot of those riches there's other areas where they're desperately dying and other people who like don't have anything are probably the richest people in their heart it's just such a you never know where people are at so just celebrate the good 
you know, that you see in them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you here in the podcast was because you're so positive. It's like you're like spewing with positivity. Like when I first it's met gross. you, I was like, oh, why is he always happy? <laughs> well, yeah, that was even. He was always this happy. And I met someone and it was you. And I was like, okay, I guess. I guess Here we there go. is. Here we go. Oh, God. Uh, well, I mean, I. I have my moments, you know, yeah. but it's, uh, I don't know, I, I I get joy in seeing other people happy, so yeah. that's why I think, like, when I come in, it's an opportunity, like, come into a room, it's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. How are you doing? What's going on? Like, yeah. I get a chance to, like, inter- interact and kind of engage and see uh, what's going on. And then if there's a problem, like, I'm always loving to hear what the problem is, I probably should be quiet a lot more than when I try to like share ideas you know yeah. sometimes people just want to share their heart like what's going on and I'm always like oh well you know let me tell you the man side of me is like well we could fix it if we just did da, 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 da. you yeah. know and it's just like no sometimes people just need to like share yeah and yeah. Then you just leave it at that yeah go pray for them and then you're good yeah you know? and that's you know it's it's inspiring so I think for there's always a time where people are just like they feed off of other people's energy. And I think that's the one thing I learned from you is it's like, okay, always be happy. Not necessarily happy, but always come with positivity. Even yeah. if you're in your mind space, you're going through X, Y, Z situations, the person that's in front of you does not know that you went through X, Y, Z before meeting them. Yeah. You know, and so you just come in, come to a space, pretty much blank slate every single time. And I was like, no, he. this is someone I want to have on this podcast because I know that you'll be able to transmit that through everybody. I hope so. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm going to um, wavy fingers yeah. at the mic right now. So if you're listening, you just got touched. You just yes. got touched. Yes. Awesome. So what inspired you to move to... Los Angeles. So, a few different things actually. So I had mentioned that my my dad and my mom separated. So my I didn't, actually I still to this day don't really know like the whole story, but I know that my mom disappeared for like two two years or so my mm-hmm. life roughly, um, just because she had to like do her own thing. She had been the single mom stuck at home with two kids, dad out always, you know, driving, doing whatever. So then she just kind of had to live her life. Um, and she was able to do a lot of great things, you know, through th- during that time. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that was a big, like, I don't have anything going here. Um, me and my ex separating was just kind of like a, I need to just, I need a fresh start. I need something new. And my brother just going off and trying something. I was actually kind of a motivation of like, yeah, I should probably do something too and mm-hmm. get out. And then talking about like Dichos, uh, my, I had an art teacher that, still to this day is probably one of the motivation factors of like a lot of things that I do. Mm-hmm. She looked like square in the eye and said, you're one of those kids who are just going to be here your entire life. And you're just going to be this awesome, like family guy. And you're just going to like never move. And you're just going to enjoy everything that's here. And it was like the grossest thing I ever heard in my life. Like <laughs> I want to just always grow and like move and go. Mm-hmm. But it, it was funny, like, she meant it in a positive way. Like, yeah. you're such a, you know, good-loving boy. You're going to be able to, like, support people here, do all this kind of stuff. But for me, I was just like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Next. Yeah. So then um, I uh, I had come out to L.A. for a tournament. I had um, actually my ex and I met up in uh, San Francisco for, like, a visit to see, like, is there anything here? And we were both like, nope. And uh, <laughs> I came back <laughs> home and... Um, 
I was just sitting at my desk. I, I had left the karate studio at that time, and um, my I was sitting in a, an office, basically like a cubicle setting, doing uh, business plans for people. And I turned to my friend, and I was just like, I think I'm done. <laughs> He's like, what? I didn't say anything. I just turned back, and I like typed up my resume, or my resignation. Yeah. <laughs> Hit print, walked into my supervisor's office, and said, here. And he's like, you're quitting? I'm like, yeah. I think I'm going to go to California. He's like, you're going to be an actor, aren't you? <laughs> and I was like... That Should may be. happen, but like I, I just I want a fresh start. I want to try to do something new and da da da. Lo and behold, like when I first came out here, probably within like three months, I got onto a couple of TV shows and did some <laughs> like acting stuff. So that was fun. But um, yeah, it was uh, that was a, a lot of just kind of like um, I guess negative things that I was going through at the time mm-hmm. was a spur for like me to go and get a fresh start. I needed yeah. something new. I needed something I needed to like experience. LA was a huge, you know awesome area like when I first moved here like believe it or not like I was so excited to be sitting in like four hour traffic ew right I'm like this is amazing just the amount of people the amount of steel the amount of rubber on the road right now this is insane and like I remember like the third day there was a Jeep uh, uh, Cherokee that had flipped over upside down because it was one of the first cars I learned how to drive on mm-hmm. so it stuck in my mind and I'm like this is so cool I've never seen an accident like this this is amazing <laughs> and then after the third day I joined everybody and just despised traffic and yeah. I try to live within a mile of wherever I work now but um, <laughs> I think you remember I used to walk to work. Yeah, I know. But um, yeah, it's, and you were still coming like, tum, 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 hey, I'm out of there. Like, you I'm just walked. <laughs> I have so many people like now that that's no longer there. That uh, they're like Lee. I kind of missed your highs and good mornings. They were annoying at the time, but now I kind of miss them. <laughs> I'm like, good. I'm glad. I'll call you in the morning. <laughs> I'll call you. <laughs> so what happened when you arrived in Los Angeles, aside from the traffic and you're being shooed uh, through mi- the pretty city? Pretty much, um, yeah, I, I found misery. <laughs> <laughs> like because, everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, um, my first few, well, okay, misery and, like, happiness. Because I was uh, into a couple of different, like, martial art tournaments. I was training with a couple of like, different groups of people. And then um, made a lot of friends. So those are a lot of the positives. The negative were completely on the uh, economic side. Because mm-hmm. I had three different credit cards that were all maxed out and I was paying one and then letting the other two just kind of Drift ride. away. Yeah, for as long as I could before I got like the red letter, you know, in the mail. Then I would pay that one and let the other two <laughs> go. So it's on a nice rotation there. Yeah. Um, my credit score I think was like a 400 something, maybe five. It was just terrible because I wasn't making any payments on anything. Yeah. And um, I for the first time like started having like panic attacks because I couldn't um I couldn't make rent and I remember um having to go to my landlord and be like hey is it okay if I pay pay rent in like a week when my next paycheck comes and he was totally fine with it he was like yeah no that's not a problem not a problem but for me to ask that favor um was a huge like awakening kind of life moment for me so then I started like getting an idea of what what a budget even means and trying to get that together um but it was a, it was a lot of challenges like when it first came in and uh a lot of victories and a lot of a lot of challenges that I had to learn from and just a lot of self-reflection and you know who am I what do I really want in life what are what's my next 
thing. You know, I came out to LA to kind of find this new path, this new uh, direction, mm-hmm. and you know what, what's gonna what's gonna come from that. Yeah. So you didn't really have an initial plan moving out here. It was just more like I'm just gonna go and see what happens. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, there's a few little instincts of like something's there. Yeah. Like there was something calling me for sure. You know, I always say, like, I traded pine trees for palm trees. <laughs> um, the, the great white north for yeah. sunny California. Yeah. Um, but there there was something inside me that was calling me to come out this way. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably about a year after I was here, I my now wife, but at the time we had just started dating, her uncle came. He's a pastor at a church in the Philippines. And crazy set of circumstances but like all the stuff about like borrowing rent and all that like I was just in such a low 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 place in um the financial aspect and then just my own like self uh respect is mm-hmm. that the word I'm looking for um self worth <clears throat> perfect yeah you're so much better with words uh so <laughs> I like stay quiet sometimes that's so good uh so with the uh self yeah my self worth which is in the in the toilet basically um I had been like having a real hard time breathing sometimes when I start thinking about like economic, like how am I going to get out of this and just this like o- oppression that was over me. And then um, I watched this movie called The Exorcism of Emily Rose. <laughs> and no lie, it was the craziest experience of my life, but really kind of opened me up to like a spiritual realm of like how things work. Yeah. And but I, I would wake up at 2.30. I would look at the clock and it would be 2.30 for two weeks straight. Then I would lean over to my door. All the lights are off, everything. I was across the street from the Buena Park Mall. Like, I could see uh, Knott's Berry Farm from my oh, window. Okay. It was like right, yeah, yeah, in Orange County. And um, so I had a little bit of light from the mall or whatever, but I could feel, like, this black shadow oozing through the door. <laughs> the most terrifying, yeah, right? Like, what is this? But it was, it was, I had no way of escaping it. It was the craziest thing. Um... I used to curse like a sailor too all the time. Yeah. And uh, it was like, all this stuff just like was compounding, you know? And then um, I had this conversation with her uncle, right? And said the, like the sinner's prayer, you know? And, um, but I really said it like in my heart, like I just need, I need help. I need to get out of this. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And the other funny part, my roommates were both Christian and they were like having church in our garage because their church building was getting renovated. So they yeah. opened up our garage and they're like, hey, you wanna to come to church? I was like, hell no, I'm going to the beach. The rest of the people, like, screw you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so there's so many different things that were, like, knocking on my head, like, hey, God's here with you, bud. Yeah. And I was just dumb or ignorant. I don't know. But um, that that moment that he talked to me, I went for about three months. Every time I cursed, I felt like this knife in my gut that would uh, say, hey, watch your language mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And it wasn't anything, like... Everybody, I curse now still, but like yeah. it was a, a cleansing, you know, from the inside that I had to really go through. Yeah. And I started looking at um, self help books with, not really self help, that's not the right one. It's like uh, Dave Ramsey, The Money Makeover is a book that I read. Um, it's a great one. Okay. I'll yeah. put it on my reading list. Yes, you should. <laughs> After I'm done I'm with a terrible the reading. symbol. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, but um, yeah, I just started getting my stuff together like honestly like I uh, got the got that book I got into like figuring out my budgets how do I pay things off Uh, started actually making some headway and like paid off like one credit card then the other then another one and then I paid off my car and like it was 
you know, started a, a progression and I started yeah. feeling good about what I was doing. Yeah. Um, at that time, I got into the Art Institute as well. Um, and uh, it's it college. Yeah. <clears throat> or it was a college. Rest and, in peace. Um, rest in peace, <laughs> says. Um, and, um, sorry, coffee is like making me burp. Um, <laughs> There's water right there. Yeah, I know. No, it's really good coffee, though. Yeah. Um, There's another one if you want. Sweet. Yeah, take it home. I'll go yeah. oh, Yes. If you um, ice it, it's great. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, I just I started growing and, and seeing like how my story related to like when we, we meet with students on yeah. a, a admission standpoint, uh, how lessons that I had gone through really uh, impacted the people that I was talking to. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like I get a chance to hear these motivation stories, hear these ideas from students and young minds and uh, or old minds that are trying something new and uh, just kind of fell in love with that process. And then. I just started growing from that, mm -hmm. you know, and eventually, you know, got like an associate director, became a director, uh, did that. That's when we met. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, got out of everything when that shut down and had a nice like reset, got back into a different college. Yeah. You came back with a 10. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Probably lost like 10 pounds too, I think. I'm trying to remember like <laughs> Yeah, you came back all like extra buff and you're like, hey guys, this is what the real world looks like outside Life these outside walls. Of, uh, the nine to fiver guys. This, this looks is what it's good. like. Yeah. Like, Dang, you're jealous of that guy. Like, oh, what am I doing in my life? <laughs> yeah. But I mean it it came at a cost. I mean, it, it was like you had lost your job. Yeah, totally. I mean yeah. it, it's But um yeah, and even in, in, in that too, like um our our marriage it had a huge hit um right around that time and I had needed to I, I had needed to take the time off for a long time yeah. and um, it I'm just thinking back like all the times like we'd have different conversations in the back yeah. of my mind like you know what you're saying like I come in positive yeah. but like outside of AI probably that last year was like black clouds and death I was fighting through yeah. and it was uh, th like it, I guess work was maybe my escape when I got to come to see you guys so you yeah. guys were like the breath of fresh air for me. Um, but, um, yeah, that was, that was a really challenging time. And then during that, um, that I had like three months off basically before I got into the school that I'm in now, um, just going, visiting friends that I had promised I was going to visit, uh, did a bunch of work on homes that we have in, in New York now, yeah. um, visit with family. Yeah. I just kind of like a reset period I went through, but it took like three months to really get yeah, back it's, in the, it's the swing kind of things. Of I guess fate in the sense of something that you had thought about that you wanted for a while, but you're still stuck in this routine and you're like, okay, no, I actually can't take time off right now. We can't do this. We can't do that. And then it's just like, hey, psych, you actually have time now. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wait, what? You, you don't, you don't expect to get your, the rug pulled off out of you, but then you get the one thing you wanted, which was time off. Yeah. You know? Like what you were just saying in the beginning to yeah. kick everything off. Like I built it. God blessed it. Devil comes. So. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right now with the quarantine, it's kind of the same thing too. Yeah. I mean, for a really long time, I always thought like, I really want to work from home. I want to be home. I, I was realizing that I wasn't spending enough time with the kids, not spending enough time at home taking care of like diligences or whatever, or like working on th personal projects that I wanted to do. And I was like, I'm never going to do it if I'm stuck in this office, working 8.30 to 4.30 or whatever. Um, I really want time from home. Yeah. And quarantine hits and then we have to be home 
Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's moments where I'm just like, oh, I want to go outside so bad, you know? But now I'm like, okay, no, I, it's just a moment of reflection. Like, okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. Yes, we hate being trapped. But you wanted to spend time with your kids. You wanted to be home. Accept the blessing, even though you're screaming yeah. About washing the dishes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think a lot of I think a lot of businesses and a lot of people are realizing that they don't necessarily need to go to the nine to five anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you're able to get so much work done. I know for myself, like I can get you know eight hours worth of work done in like probably half that amount of time now. So I know some companies that are looking at you know like a four day work week, um, continuing with this working from home. Like the school that I'm at, like I'm almost guaranteed I'm going to be working from home for the rest of the time that I'm there, Mm -hmm. except when I go visit the campus to give like tours. Like Monday, first time back. What? To give an in-person tour after four months. I don't even know where the bathrooms are anymore. It's going to be great. They probably changed everything. They're like, uh, yeah, everything. It's going to be fun. But yeah, I think that that's a really good point, Bill. And it's that, you know, sometimes it's your attitude and it's your your, uh, mindset going into challenges of what what's going to come out of this you know mm-hmm. what why am i here what am i to learn and what are the benefits that are going to come from it mm-hmm. yeah and also like what at what po- point do you hear do you how do I remember phrases every moment that you go through the people that you meet at those moments are there for a reason mm. Right. I mean, prior to meeting you, I was working at a different campus. Yeah. We had gotten the kick in the butt saying, psych, thank you for being here next. Um, I transferred over to where you were working. When did you come to? Was I actually. OK, so let's talk about fall? this. Let's talk about this experience about how how you came into my life, how I came into your life. <laughs> it's actually great. I'll tell you how I kicked your front door in. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So. It was a January 2016, and there was layoffs yep. at the campus that I was at, um, right. working in. And they told us we had one month to either transfer to a new campus as an employee or, you know, take the severance. Um, I ended up getting hired within the month. Perfect. Yeah. Didn't get the severance. Kind of sad about that. It's okay. Whatever. Money lost. Move on. Um, but... I started working February 15th. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was gone. And you were gone. And they were like, oh my God, you're going to meet Lee. You're going to meet this person. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I don't know. like, I'm still kind of initially butthurt that I, like, I'm not where I wanted to be. Yeah. But someone that we both know, um, and I'm going to tell you this right now because at the time I couldn't tell you, that the reason why I actually transferred was because I wanted to finish my degree. Mm-hmm. Right, because like the, I well, was there's getting, a lot of people in your shoes. So you know, like yeah. I took it as okay. Let me make sure that I take advantage of this benefit, which was getting my master's, paid for by this company that was you know mm-hmm. did bless me with that. Yeah, but in return, I'm not going to be rude about it. So right. I actually came in like, okay, you're giving me this, which is like $30,000 for me to finish my degree. And I'm going to come in and give you everything I could possibly give you and with a smile. Yeah. Right. So, but I was still pretty sad that I was just completely relocated. Yeah. You know, and I, I didn't know anybody. Because where were you living at that time too? I was living in Clover City. So to so go to North Hollywood go to North versus Hollywood. LA. Yeah. Was like so, a, I mean, I still had to drive from Clover City to Santa Monica. Yeah. That's still 45 mm-hmm. minutes of traffic. But Clover City to... North Hollywood took me 30 minutes, so I saved myself 15 minutes, which was mm-hmm. great. 
Um, Because traffic's going the opposite way. Right, right. And then, yeah, everybody's like, oh, you're going to meet this person, you're going to meet that. Everybody's great. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And, like, I'm so sad (laughs) because I'm not, like, I'm just meeting. It's just having, like, the new kid in class who, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And then, like, one week later, stumping around, all hoppy, hoppy, hoppy. (laughs) That's awesome. You're like, hi. You know what I was coming? Do you know what I was coming back from? I think you were at a training, weren't you? Or like a no, I think conference that, or something? Uh, I had just gotten back. So uh, I've gone twice. Next June 2021, I uh, should be going back, I hope. But I was on a missions trip. Yes, that's right. Yeah, there's an orphanage in Thailand that we yeah. had to go visit for two weeks. So we got to um, go around different parts of Chiang Mai and uh, do these like little mini shows. I have some on my YouTube channel to show you, like mm-hmm. nunchucking in front of people. It's fun. I've seen them. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then there's uh, like we had singers and dancers and all this other kind of stuff. So it's it's awesome. And mm-hmm. then this is a group called Zoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've rescued, I don't even know, like at any given time at the, the place in Chiang Mai they have about 200 kids there yeah. all the kids are brought in from different types of like trafficking rings so it's sex uh, poverty or theft rings mm-hmm. and they're from like 9 months old all the way to like 16 so it's just this massive like impact because uh, the, the, it's a Christian organization uh, partnered with the Thai government which never happens uh, yeah. never but when the Thai government does like bus in Chiang Mai that first people they call is actually uh, Zoe now mm-hmm. uh, so they have a huge tie in there and lately they've actually expanded into Tokyo they have a new facility being built right now in uh, Acton or like uh, what do you call Palmdale north mm. of here and then they have one in Mexico too mm-hmm. and uh, they're expanding and growing and just rescuing kids and uh, th- what they do is they provide a safe environment uh, for the kids to kind of grow uh, family-esque type environment and then uh, they provide a school counseling all these other things to help them kind of get back on track and then and it's all like with the love of God and uh, they've gotten like ridiculous conviction rates out of the kids because they can identify all the people that put them, you know, into those situations. And then, um, so when I met you, I was on an extra super high because <laughs> I just come back from that. And I can't tell you the impact of knowing like a, a, a four-year-old that you're talking to like two years ago was being trafficked, yeah. you know, and then seeing the, the love out of the kid when they don't, I don't, not, not that they don't, deserve to to share that or like like they're they're just born with it you know yeah. and to tap into that and then just to see that they're just looking for love and attention and the right kind of love and attention you know is so like amazing but yeah and actually when i came and met you guys i was like i didn't have any say in this <laughs> who, who are these two it? new who people this? <laughs> but they're kind of fun i like them that was funner <laughs> yeah that was great <laughs> this was super fun yeah but it's really great yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's been pretty, like, meeting you and then working with you, I was like, oh, my God, why does he keep talking? <laughs> I do talk a lot. I can go for days. I know. You're like, okay, all right. He makes sense. Yes, it makes sense. It makes sense. And in my head, I kept thinking, the reason I was there was like, you're here to get your degree. You're here to get your degree. Don't, don't lose sight of that. Don't lose sight of that. But it was just so draining because at that point... I'm driving from Culver City, mm-hmm. dropping off my daughter at preschool, so she was still in Culver City. Driving to the 405 through the, the valley to get to North Hollywood, 
and then driving back to the city. I, I think now my car has 126,000 miles. My car Yeesh. is only five years old. Yeah. Like so much that I drove. And then eventually 2016. It's not so much the miles. I think it's more the, the hours. The hours. That that translates oh to. Oh my God. It's just like, too. oh my God, hours. Yeah. And the time I had to go back home, it was just like, it's like dragging. Th- probably three hours of commuting each day. Pretty much. Yeah. Easy. Eight hours yeah. of work. Nine hours of work because you do have your lunch. Right. It's a 12 hour day for you just in driving to yeah, work. Yeah, I think I would, I would leave my house <laughs> at seven in the morning. I would drop her off da, 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 go to work and I wouldn't get home until 7.30 or 8 because mm-hmm. I had to go pick her up from wherever she was mm-hmm. um, and then I was looking to buy a house yeah yeah. and then I was like I need to talk to you <laughs> I need to talk to you yeah because at that point uh, you had always yeah. talked about how you purchase <clears throat> houses and you know you, you talked about buying property and flipping it. I, I, th- I think you were just starting that off. No, I think, uh, yeah, I'm thinking at that point we had, uh, we had bought our third place because we had our triplex in New York or yeah. here, I mean, sorry, in North Hollywood. And then we had bought a triplex and a quad yeah. in New York where I'm from. Yeah. At that point. So yeah. And okay, then you yeah. kept always saying like everything you can do yourself, do it yourself. Everything you can do yourself, do it yourself. And you're going to save so much money. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, whatever. It didn't really hit me until we, built our house you know like where we live now we we got to design it and put it together we had to wait a few few months that's that was fine but it was you always like make sure you do whatever you can do it yourself save yourself money and then i was like whatever what is this guy talking about and yeah i insight i know you went to the backyard before we started recording yeah um we got a quote to do everything that you see in the front yard and the backyard, like all the flowers and the yeah. rocks and everything, um, they quoted us twenty thousand dollars. Number that jumped in my head as you were talking was like, yeah, it's probably twenty grand. Yeah, <laughs> twenty grand. Yeah, we got it all done. Granted, it took us like a span of a few months. Mm-hmm. I think we did it for about five thousand, and that might be overshooting it because is that including the pipe problem? Yes, because See? that pipe problem costs us about $900. Yeah, so you could have been like four grand in. Yeah. All that done. Yeah. And then how much fun did you have? Maybe I had a me. great tan that summer. It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. I had a great yeah. tan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, I did, uh, I redid our bathroom and it cost about, it took about three months just because, like, at, at that time it was, I don't remember that, that might have been right. Oh, that was, uh, I think the year after you started, um, I had redone our, our bathroom. It took me like three months. It was the same thing. It just took forever. It would never end. But, um, it's amazing now, but, uh, I learned so much going through that process, but the original quote we had was, uh, 10 grand to do what I did, you know? So it took three months, but it only cost three. So it was, you know, there's certain things I, I do not skimp on. Yeah. Certain plumbing issues, like for sure, like <laughs> yeah. not going to bother, like yeah. bringing the pros. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of things like around the houses or apartments that, you know, if your listeners are listening, there's ways to like save money and and uh, make things work. YouTube it, you know, first YouTube it. If it doesn't seem too challenging or out of the box, yeah, give it a shot. Worst thing that's going to happen, you're going to call somebody who's going to fix the problem that you already had. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we started doing now was everything we could possibly do ourselves was do it ourselves. Um it sucks because it's like you you end up there's days where we go to Home Depot and Lowe's like six times in an hour Mm. 
and it's like oh, I forgot this one screw oh we forgot that was the wrong one oh my god let's go back and, and it's like um, where we live there's speed bumps and after going through those speed bumps like twice you're already over the day like I'm, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> so it's taking a while to fix our house you know and it's just like little home projects that we're doing um, but yeah when we bought this house I thought I want to talk to you because I know that you 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 were like in this process you're going through this and you already told me like I'm going to buy so much property I'm going to retire by 40 <laughs> that was the, that was the plan yeah. when I met you technically uh, I'm like our, our income ex- from the rental properties exceeds uh, what our expenses are yeah. so like I'll fair, like I could yeah. but then we're also saving and trying to like get into new uh, properties right now like we bought our fourth place uh, in North Carolina, we, we got into notes, which is like buying the mortgage of the property. So you're not even like the property owner or the, mm-hmm. the you're a bank, basically. Okay. Like we're stepping into that level of things. Yeah. And it's cool. It's different. My wife is like the total rock star on it. I have like 3% of the <laughs> value on the note buying process. She has everything. So you She's show amazing. up and sign. I show up and sign for yeah. that for that part but um yeah one of the uh, a big motivation was like all the foreclosures and stuff that i had talked about before with yeah. that my parents went through one of the goals for myself is just be able to buy acquire enough properties where i take back what the devil kind of took yeah you know and that's that's a big motivation for the buying and my wife and i we just sold one place but we're looking at now by the end of this year i'm hoping we can buy a second property in california yeah which is crazy and the we'll be able to rent out our current home while we move into a new place and that should cover before we even like get into that place we should have the rent or the mortgage covered with just the new um uh property <laughs> yeah the new mortgage and everything so it's yeah it's uh it's crazy but it's like you know if you press into finding like what god is kind of calling you to mm-hmm. um the world or not the world but the universe or whatever some some may may call it um there's there's just an acceleration that mm-hmm. you can experience and not not letting the easy distractions of life take you over for me video games i can sit and play for like hours art projects i can sit and play for hours but like mm-hmm. i gotta shut some of that stuff down so i can go you know wake up spend my time in the word uh studying learning and then executing on the stuff that I'm learning at to get to that next level. When was that moment that you thought about buying property? How did that, how did you stumble on that? How much longer do we have? Uh, it's much time if you want. Because I have. <laughs> Probably edit the part that's, where I was talking just, about coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can leave it in. Yeah. Um, with the properties, I, my wife and I, we had a real good discussion about that. We were um, just getting out of debt. I had paid off my second credit card. I had to get a new car because my other car kind of bit the dust. And um, I was earning a little bit more income. So we were getting to this place of like, cool, you know, we're seeing the, the light. You know, we weren't just down in the weeds. We were kind of like peeking through the the trees, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. There's some life over on the side of town. Let's go check this out. Yeah. Um, and uh, the idea came in a, a couple different phases. One, uh, the apartment that we randomly got was across the street from her parents. Mm-hmm. Just 
looking at places it was the one that was there we did not want to be there like the first day we went to move in i counted 36 cockroaches from the kitchen through the living room the bedroom and the bathroom and they had it took them three weeks of spraying before we walked into the place and didn't see anything crawling around however we had already paid our deposit so we were stuck <laughs> but it was a, it ended up being a blessing because about four months in uh cat's mom found out she had ovarian cancer she had a um a basketball-sized tumor removed, wow. and um, her cancer levels were like down to zero. But she still had to go through the chemo. So we were taking care of her from across the street, which was looking back like amazing. But yeah. then um, through that uh, time frame, my mom actually had hit a rough spot. She was doing good, and then kind of hit a rough spot. And then we were helping pay her rent, so we're paying our rent in LA, paying rent in New, New York. York. Yeah trying to find ways of saving and paying off all these debts and just going through all that. And we're like, we need to find a place. And we just had this, like, both of us kind of had it at around the same time. Is like, we, we want to, not like a compound, but we want some place where we can, she calls it a compound, but uh, <laughs> we want some place where we can have, like, the family be able to stay so that we know that they're taken care of, but also a place where we can provide sanctuary and safety and mm-hmm. uh, recovery for people. Um wherever they're at and that was kind of the initial kickoff to wanting the property and then it was is honestly about a eight year six, six to eight year process of like we should buy a house let's get our finances together pay these things down get ourselves in a better position get our credit scores <laughs> up uh yeah so i moved here with like a 480, 500 or whatever my credit, it was terrible. Um, but when we went to buy our house, you know, say eight years, 10 years later, I was floating around at 840. Mm-hmm. So I had like paid things way down off. Uh, I haven't had a car payment now in eight years because we paid our car off early, both cars off early. And then all that money went into savings for um, our first property. Mm-hmm. And then um, we had that idea of like being able to I don't know if I'm going too long it's cool okay uh, so, <laughs> uh, we had the idea of like getting a property and then I had the idea later of like yeah we should like get into like you know what if we had properties on top of properties you know <laughs> or like levels of properties get like a house with like something in the back and then they could pay part of the mortgage it wouldn't be as stressful yeah. you know and that that idea kind of started growing into like oh well then we could do this and we could do that uh, so we were looking at like multiplexes you know, and this was 2012, so the market had tanked yeah. uh, in 2008, and then things were south for a while, and then they started to come up. Uh, so 2012, they were starting to come up, but um, we, uh, my wife is a performer, so we had been struggling kind of like to prove like how much money we could actually make and all this kind of stuff, or what we could afford. We looked at a few different houses with some realtors, um, gotten pre-approved for a certain amount so we were like kind of shopping but different places weren't really working out it was just whatever so then we were just like you know what let's just leave it to god mm-hmm. you know for just leave it to god uh, my wife booked a gig in uh south korea to do a dance show for samsung for like four months so she just went off i did a whole bunch of art projects i don't even remember the batman lego looking thing i built or the Mario Jesus. No. I'll show you later. Uh, Anyways, um, I did a whole bunch of like art projects basically while she she was gone and got real creative at work and it was probably even more annoying before you came. Um, So sorry to everybody out there who was listening. That was AI. I was a different person. 
Um, I'm a new man now. <laughs> nah, still kind of the same. Um, but um, when we got that, um, uh, or when uh, she booked that gig, we came back. Or I, sorry, I flew there to uh, spend like two weeks because they were closing out the show. So I got to see the end of the show. It was really cool. Got to run around like uh, Korea and Seoul and all this kind of stuff. Then we went to Tokyo for four days, which was amazing. And then um, when we came back, we're like, okay, now's the time. So we, you know, eight years of like saving and putting money together, getting our finances and all this kind of stuff, searching hard all over the place. Now, now, this doesn't work, doesn't have this, da 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 And we're just like, you know what, just leave the gut. Let's, yeah. you know, go off work, do this job, I'll go visit you, it'll be cool, we'll come back, and we'll just, you know, see what God does. Yeah. So, literally, the first house that we come and look at when we came back, North Hollywood, um, and uh, it's perfect. Like, yeah. had a fireplace that I wanted, hardwood floors, uh, had uh, two units in the back, um, had three bedrooms that we wanted uh, for her brother and her aunt and an office for like the the projects my wife was working on what else was there uh, the garage was converted into like an extra room mm-hmm. so it just everything kind of came together in that place and then uh, it was listed at like 680 I think um, we offered 640 but I wrote a letter to the guy, the owner, he turns out he's from New York. I'd written a letter on 9-11 and sent it to him. Yeah. Just like, hey, it's an important day for me because I'm from New York. 9-11, I had a lot of friends whose uncles died and like friends who were down, you know, right at the base of the towers and all this kind of stuff and just yeah. this little letter. And, um, and, and why we wanted the house because we wanted a sanctuary, we wanted a, a place to provide security and safety for people and a place for them to recover and, you know, go off and do great things. And um, the owner came back and was like, I love you guys. Yeah, you guys have it. He had cash offers for like 720, 740. Yeah. Uh, and gave us the, you know, 40 grand less than what he was asking for. <laughs> price. And he fixed a whole bunch of stuff inside the house to make it good for us. Nice. So he is amazing. Um, he's actually, uh, it, it's uh, his name is Tomas Cook. He had um, Cook Records, just turned into National Records. He has like, I think 200. Uh, different Latin music artists underneath him. Uh, it's crazy, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he used he sold the house next door and ours. Ours was his office space, mm-hmm. um, and he bought his like dream home, which he send, sends me pictures. We still stay in contact. He's super cool. Yeah. Um, but since uh, getting that home, uh, it we really have. We've had. Um, we always wanted to keep a log, but we never did. But we've had people come, like, who are on the street, be able to come, like, have a place for, like, a month to, like, come and chill. We've had multiple people stay for, like, over a year to just kind of get on their feet, you know, move into L.A. Couples that have come to, uh, like, they're going through stuff and then end up getting restored. Uh, we had one, uh, like, fian- they weren't even fiancé, but uh, after staying with us for, like, a couple weeks, just, just being in the home, uh the one guy like said called his mom was like I want to know God <laughs> and he gave his you know gave his heart to to God um, and then uh, proposed and then married uh, this girl that he was staying with in her place after like two weeks and then moved out went to Chicago uh, they he got into like a band and started like touring and like this whole thing like opened up but it's yeah. it's been awesome seeing different people come through and like being able to excel their their lives you know and having that fingerprint on, on all that do people hear about 
your open home through, of sanctuary through word of mouth? I mean, I don't know you don't, you're not putting ads out there. Like, hey, no, go no, to no, my no, house. Yeah. No, it's just, it's random. Like, um, one, uh, this amazing girl, Rohini, uh, I call her Rohan. <laughs> she's amazing. It's like a charging horse yeah. into the, the night. Um, anyways, uh, she's uh, an artist from New Zealand, and it was like a friend. She's a friend of a friend. She's, she got uh, an opportunity to go to a school here yeah. and needed a place. So we're like, sure. Yeah. You know, they, our, our friends hit us up and asked if it was okay. And like, well, let's talk to her, find out, lay down some house rules, and then cool. Yeah. But yeah, she's, an, she's like... Uh, if I could adopt her, I would. Like, I <laughs> freaking love her. And then um, another friend of mine, he is up in uh, Northern California. Uh, random, he won a contest on HGTV and went to Texas to talk about that at a school. And the kid who was organizing everything in Texas ended up wanting to come to L.A. Mm-hmm. for internships uh, with uh, E! Entertainment. And get, he got hi- ended up getting hired and all this kind of stuff. But uh, he was another one that got to stay for over a year. Another kid through a dance conference that my wife went to randomly met up and then like, came and, you know, whatever. Um, but, it's, yeah, it's, it's so many fun stories. I think the funniest one for my wife to tell is uh, I, w- I am part of a theater company. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go out to different churches, probation camps, all these places like... You know, spread the the word of God, basically, um, through cool plays. Um, and uh, there was this group that flew into town, like these three guys. They flew into town, no plans, no money. <laughs> they just said, oh, God's going to take care of us. Like, just walking on complete <laughs> yeah. blind faith. And uh, they randomly talked to one of the guys at the... It, they're just... They went to the show. They met one of our actors on the plane. Yeah. And, like, he took them to the show. <laughs> like... <laughs> What? <laughs> so then one of the guys is like, Lee, you have a house, right? I'm like, yeah. Can these guys crash with you? Yeah. <laughs> sure. So my, I, they load up in my car. I, there's three of them, so I had enough seats. Which yeah. <laughs> is important. Uh, we load all their luggage and everything in. It was a crazy, it was just so random. And then, uh, I, I drive them to my house and we're just talking and, you know, whatever. And, um, my wife comes home and her eyes get like so big, like, uh, who are these what? dudes? And I'm just like, I found them on the street. <laughs> kind of. His mom, can I keep them? I promise to feed him and wash him and bathe him. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. Uh, but they, no, that the, those guys ended up. I don't even know who they are. To be honest, I don't. They just came and it was awesome. I'm sure they they might remember the experience but uh they were here for something in LA there's like a prayer walk that they did with uh Skid Row uh-huh. so after they spent like the night at our place and then they took the metro down to uh Skid Row mm-hmm. and then they had a group down there to take care of them and come back but it was just yeah there's so many like weird random stories of like these one-off visits and like people in trouble and then just okay cool yeah <laughs> welcome, which goes back welcome to and goodbye. the whole like every, everybody comes in through our lives or you come in through their lives at certain phases when you need them when you don't need them or whatever and it's just like a, it's an impact at some point yeah you know yeah. Um, so with years of figuring out your finances buying your properties I know we had conversations about like about money too when we were working together um, and one of the things that always resonates to me is how many hours of work do you need to pay something that you want to buy something and that one has always stuck to me I think you know out of all of the millions of words that you over exceeded in talking yeah. <laughs> um, I think the, that whole phrase would always stick to me and it's just like okay 
uh, we need, I need to buy XYZ, whatever. It costs $400. Okay. Um, how many hours do I need to suffer through work <laughs> to <laughs> right. buy this? And it's just, it puts a whole perspective rather than just throwing it away. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's, nothing is easier than swiping a credit card. You just swipe, swipe, swipe everywhere. But if you really connect your being to those dollar signs that are being thrown away, it hurts a little bit differently yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know it, it and 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 we, we're you know we're, we're learning we're painting off debt as well i mean luckily we were able to get into this house and we have our kids together and everything uh we joined to create a blended family but yeah. things that we need you know like our random tool chest that we needed to get because everything was kind of falling apart where we was it's like okay 400 bucks how much do we do we split it and right now at this point with our relationship we see it as we have to both give 100% to build this. It's not 50-50. 50% means that you're not 50% trying. So mm-hmm. 100% of me, 100% of you. Um, but when it comes to buying large items, we we split them in half. That's Even cool. when we go to dinner, we're just like, you know what? I feel really bad that you're going to pay for this bill. We both ate. Let's split it. And so then I feel not as bad for 20, 20 bucks and 50 mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But... That's the one thing that always stuck from our conversations was how many hours of labor, your labor that you're putting into it, is they going to cost you to buy X, Y, Z item? Yeah. And um, now I'm glad that you did this because you created a podcast to talk exactly about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly about yeah. that. You know and what I mean? Actually, what's uh, interesting, yeah, the podcast is Wildly Wealthy Life. Yes. <laughs> So look it up at all, you know, all the different formats you can. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we've, uh, we started that with that heart of like being able to share stories of, of what wealth is, what, what it really means, you know, to, to generate wealth. Cause we're blinded. I think the media does a, well, they do a great job of it, but it's a terrible message of like what wealth really means. It's like money, luxury and wine or what's that champagne crystal and like big cars and whatever. Yeah. Um, but it really doesn't mean squat. Like you could have all those things and be completely miserable. Yeah. You know? Uh, so the podcast is about kind of that reformation of the word wealth and what is, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. And we've interviewed over, um, I think 50 people now, uh, we're just finished recording our 20 or sorry, we've interviewed like 50 people, but we're putting all the shows together. So we just did the intro outro for our 24th show and mm-hmm. we're about to record our 25th show. I think we're on our 20th episode being launched, uh, but you can find it everywhere. But yeah, one of the ladies that we're kicking off, cause we're going to have a 10 week, um, I think it's 10 weeks of just women, mm-hmm. you know, entrepreneurs and, uh, business people and that kind of mindset. And one of the women's is, uh, a, a DT, um, I think I'm pronouncing her name right. But uh, she... Um, we'll <laughs> By edit the time we'll you record it, we hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but she... Uh, one, one of the guests... One of the guests, uh, she talks about the blended family. Yeah. And do you you know bring your money together as one? Do you keep it separate? And yeah. then contribute to things together. And it's, a, it's an awesome, awesome podcast about that... Uh, uh, that family blending and how how do how do couples spend their money? Because for some families, like for me, me and Kat, we throw everything in one bucket. Well, we throw our money into one bucket and then we separate it into like thirteen hundred other buckets to pay yeah. for these different things or save or retirement or whatever. Um, but it sounds like for uh, for you and JC, you guys um, keep things separate yeah. and then you have yours. He has his, 
And yeah. then I think that was that's that mostly a mindset that my mom brought on to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, my growing up in a Latino household, you you get you get a general message that the the man provides. You know, the woman tends to stay home for the majority of, of mm-hmm. Latino families. For my mom, she ventured off on her own when she was 18. She lived in Costa Rica for three years mm. um, to work there um, f- as a housemaid for a, a rich family that she had met in Guatemala. So she was sending money back. So my mom already knew about venturing off on her own, making her own money, obviously providing for her family as well. Um, so and then when she moved to the United States, she continued to work for herself and so when she got together with my dad, um, he worked, he made his own money. But my dad's always been kind of like loose yeah. with his money, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't trust that whole like, oh, I'm going to depend on you mentality. Yeah. So she continued working. Um, and so, I mean, my dad's a hard worker, too. I mean, it's just that he, he gets excited. He just, yeah. like, he'll like spend money on when he doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I have that same. Yeah. I have yeah. A, bad, a lot of bad habits from my just my upbringing and like yeah. seeing how money was spent and it's hard to break some of those right. I get I mean, back into them too sometimes for us too it's just like oh yeah we went to I had to go to the store yesterday to get the order in and we came out with a super soaker <laughs> it made sense in our head that's how you apply hot. things a lot faster deodorant a lot faster and it's more fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but my mom kept working, and she had her own bank accounts. She put That's it awesome. all on her own. You know, I mean, my dad did too, and you know, whatever. But so, me coming into this relationship, it's not that I didn't trust. I don't trust him with his money because he's actually like amazing. He's like up in the the sky with his credit score and can mm-hmm. pay things off. Mm-hmm. And we don't live paycheck to paycheck. We like we know what we have. Yeah. Um, but I always have this this thing of like. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. What if, God forbid, he passes away? Or what if we separate? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do to maintain myself and my child? You know, so I, I've had this whole thing of like keeping my own yeah. money. Yes, we pay the mortgage together. We pay the bigger, important things together. Um, and then we split different costs because I think it just makes it's it for, easier, yeah. you know. And um, But it's I'm really looking forward to that episode about blended families. So yeah, I want to yeah. hear it. I will send it. Yes. I will send it. I will yeah, just we have a, put it on. Um, Quite, it's it's so fun because we just uh, have reached out to different uh, communities. So <clears throat> there's, uh, I don't know, there's uh, private investors, there's real estate moguls, there's people who just buy land. Like one woman, she's from uh, Guatemala and her husband's from Germany. And they have like over 44 million in assets right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like people like that that are talking about wealth and like how they live their lives and everything else. And then we have uh, people who are like CEOs or CFOs for different companies here in the LA area that moved out to like, I forget where they're at, North Carolina, Tennessee, someplace out there, but uh, doing like podcasting now. Because they, you know, they've traded in that nine to five or nine to nine, you know, in some (laughs) people's lives and uh, have more time with their family. Yeah. Which is really where the wealth begins, right. you know, and it's it's awesome just hearing different people's perspective of people who you know quote unquote made it, yeah. What they what they've given up, what they've gone after, how that's changed their lives. Um, they've kind of left the rat race, you know, yeah. to to pursue their own goals and 
living a life that they're they're really proud of. Mm-hmm. So everybody listening, uh, make sure to check out Wildly Wealthy Life. Uh, you can find it on Spotify. I heard it on Spotify. Yeah. Um, iTunes, um, Apple YouTube, Podcasts, YouTube, Apple Pie, Podcast, Podcast. <laughs> and you can also hear it directly from your website. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because I got yeah. through website. And then yeah, like, and everything is uh, uh, transcribed. Yeah. Uh, on there as well, and then there's links to all of our. Um, Yes. So they're, what I love is too, is that we get to share them because mm-hmm. they're, they're I, I don't know. I think of them all as my friends now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should, but they're just, I love the conversations that we had and they're all, uh, super fun and they all have different like specialties. So like mm-hmm. if you're into like travel hacks, we have a guest for that. If you're into, uh, couponing, you know, there's a guest for that. If you're into real estate, you know, there's like seven guests <laughs> for that. Um, so yeah, I would definitely, you know, if, yeah. you, if you're able to jump on, we're yeah. And I mean, I'm sure everybody needs a little push, a little reminder, even if it's a little phrase. Like my phrase that I keep from you is what helps me. Yeah. If you need to hear it, definitely hear it. I, I've listened to, I think, a majority of the episode. I haven't finished going through all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like, wow, this this exists. Oh my goodness. What is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know any more dichos that you have. Any one last inspiring quote to leave on a high note. Oh my no goodness. pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Uh, you know, there's. I, I think for me, like the thing that's been resonating most with me is just like the live and learn, or win, win and learn. Sorry, mm-hmm. I didn't even say my dicho right. <laughs> uh, but like, if if you if you sit and you focus on all the negative things that are out there right now, it's. It, you're not going to succeed. You're not going to win. Um, you have to understand life is about ups and downs, valleys and mountains. And, you know, when you're you're going up a mountain, there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears that go into it. But once you reach that top, you've got some beautiful vil- uh, views. But understand, uh, you have to go back down at some point <laughs> <laughs> to uh, gather more resources to be able to go back up. So, um, yeah, living... Um, I always say live and learn, but it's like really win and win and learn. Like don't, don't let the negative experiences that you're going through really bring you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, really focus on what it's teaching you. Don't, don't walk out of a situation without learning something and look to the silver linings and, and find the wins all the way through your lives. Uh, a big thing, especially now, cause we're all kind of on lockdown. People have a hard time, like feeling like they've been successful, feeling like they have ideas, feeling like their creativity is in the toilet. Um, everybody has cell phones or all, Almost everybody has cell phones mm-hmm. or you have a camera or something. If you scroll back to the beginning of the year, the beginning of 2000 or 2020, whatever year we're in. <laughs> 2020. 2020. That's what I was trying to say. Um, look back through January and pick out like your top three wins. It might have been a conversation you had with somebody. It might have been a meetup with a family member that was really impactful for your life. Uh, you may have taken a picture of like trees at sunset that really inspired you. Maybe it'll turn into a painting or something. Uh but there's a everybody here everybody here is listening has had some different wins in their lives and we need to remind ourselves constantly of the victories because uh the news the media all the things that are out there they're telling us what's terrible and miserable you know uh that's how they make their ratings if you watch anchorman you know they (laughs) unleash that secret right there uh if you haven't watched anchorman go watch it it's fun yes and then um but yeah uh definitely like winner learn you know that's a, a big big tool i think everybody should put into their lives and walk it out and let's win awesome thank you so much i hope someone gets inspired but if you do get inspired that please message us and i'm going to tell him that way he knows (laughs) listen 
subscribe and ring the bell icon. <laughs> yes, thank you so much, Lee, for being here, for spending some time with us and bringing awesome tools to play with. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah. Um, for everybody listening, thank you so much for joining in. Uh, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes. Um, not iTunes, Apple Podcasts. We changed it. Say it again. Let's say that again. For everybody listening, <laughs> please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, you can also check out our website at whatdichos.com. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thank you all so much for joining in. Have a great day. Adios. Bye.